Welcome, cadets and captains, to a brand spanking new episode of M Class Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Josh. And on this program, if you don't know, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media, we pick that shit apart like the pedantic assholes we are. Oh, God, so pedantic. So pedantic. How pedantic. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we tell you at the end, using our patented Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality, about whether it's uh, worthwhile or whether it's uh, Bantha Poodoo, as we say here as Star Trek fans. That is a Star Trek saying. That's That's, uh, Captain Greedo of the USS... uh, Racist caricature said that I believe <laughs> I couldn't think of a funnier uh, name than that. <laughs> Sebulba always wins. That's all I know. It's true. Actually, yeah, Sebulba is the one who says Bantha Poodoo. He, anyway. A bunch of people say it. Jabba says it. it. Look, look. Being a Star Trek fan, I know all the Star Trek it's quotes. It's true, Captain Jabba. Yeah, Captain Jabba, Lieutenant Ad- Jar Jar, Admiral J- Admiral. Jar Jar, thank you. Somebody's very much. eye is twitching right now. Oh, out, yeah. out of the ten people that listen to our show, <laughs> there's one guy who's just real pissed right now. He's like the dude from Clerks too. We were just talking about Clerks too beforehand, and uh, oh yeah, he, Jesus Christ! Remember when he talks about Lord of the Rings and Return of the Jedi, and he makes the dude puke. What a great film! <laughs> it's it's better than the first one. I'll say that. Uh, I don't. The first one is like before Kevin Smith got like hardcore Kevin Smithy with all of his movies, and they yeah, became like this clusterfuck of self-referential dick sucking. Did you watch the? <laughs> first of all, I didn't even know this existed, but uh, at some point during the pandemic, like a second Jay and Silent Bob movie came out. <laughs> huh? Yeah, and it's got his daughter in it. Uh, Kevin Smith's daughter is in it. Yeah, Harley Quinn. Yeah, Harley Quinn, which. I mean, He's, I he set his I daughter would... up to be a porn star, so it's good that he gave her a legit role first. So <laughs> I don't think I would name my daughter Harley Quinn. No, um, <laughs> she actually starred in a movie earlier than that. Than that, where uh, her she and like another girl basically played Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, it's called Yoga Hosiers. Was it a Kevin Smith joint? Yeah, it was. Of course it, it was. It was during that time where he was making movies that no one fucking cared about. Like AKA Tusk. right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Welcome to the fuck Kevin Smith podcast. No, dude, I was I was such a Kevin Smith guy. As oh, a in teenager. the 90s, it, it was great. Yeah, like, he was great. I, Mallrats was one of my favorite movies. I love Mallrats. I yeah. still love Mallrats. Yeah. Uh, it's not on my favorite movies list anymore, but like... Um, I learned a life lesson from chasing Amy, like every other straight white don't, guy that watched it. Don't chase Amy. Uh, don't worry about who f- your girlfriend was fucking before you. It's none of your business. Doesn't matter. It does not matter anymore, even if she was locked up like a pair of damn Chinese finger cuffs. <laughs> There's people who are like, what are you fucking talking yeah, about? Don't, uh, don't worry about it, actually. Don't, worry about it. don't even go watch Chasing Amy. <laughs> so this, this podcast isn't about Kevin Smith or whether he's good or bad. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, this is a Star Trek podcast, and we're actually taking uh, a nosedive directly into our newest collection of episodes, as suggested by Rich Masters, Oh yeah, the master of writing. 
over on our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, and voted on by our uh, sexually active and uh, extremely strong patrons. Yeah, they either have giant dicks or are hot and have huge boobs. Or small boobs or big small dicks. Or whatever. giant vaginas. Whatever you're into. <laughs> That's what people are into. Whatever you're into, Mr. Braga. Wink! <laughs> uh, but this... Get these Star Trek podcasters on my show! <laughs> Uh, we are diving headfirst into the Cultural Exchange Collection, a bunch of episodes about our heroes in Star Trek learning acceptance and tolerance for spoonheads and ridgeheads of all type. Wow, man. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Keep an eye out. We not only is this collection uh, the return of Rich Masters as a collection suggester, but he's also going to be on an episode at the, the last episode of the collection, uh, which also happens to be our first foray publicly into yeah. Lower Decks. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk about Lower Decks. I am too. We haven't really gotten into it. If you're a Lower Decks fan, breathe a sigh of relief because we both are as well. So don't worry yes. about it. Yeah, we we only we don't even really talk about it like together, <laughs> like when we're no, not recording. not really. Um, but I do like I like the show. It's very good. Yeah, I'm not like it's. Not, I don't feel the same way about it that I do like TNG or Deep Space Nine no, or something. No, no, but no, it's no. the closest anything new track has ever gotten to that feeling. So I will say that Strange New Worlds. I said it right, correct? Strange, yeah, strange New Worlds. New Worlds. Okay. Uh, that that is very good too. So far, I've not good. watched it yet, but I've heard nothing but good things actually from everybody. I don't like. Gregory Peck's grandson as Spock, but he's like okay, I guess. Are you are you joking me right now? No, that's his grandson. It's yeah. his grandson. Yeah, it's fucking Atticus Finch's grandson. Yo, I learned yesterday, like last night, that I'll believe whatever the fuck somebody says for at least like a full minute after they say it. That's what I. That's true. It's a true stat. Because statement. like somebody was doing a stand-up act, I was watching, and they said, "Did you know that Chad Kroger, the lead singer of Nickelback, is actually like his grandparents owned the Kroger brand, and that's why like Kroger stores and everything." And for a full like minute, I was like, "Sure, all right, like that makes sense." That makes perfect sense. We used to do this at Gamer Vision all the time, like where uh, we tried to start a internet rumor that uh, Turtle from Entourage was Donkey Lips. Oh from, yeah, uh, I remember that. We I still that. we still reference it to this day, though it had never stuck. <laughs> the uh, but like partway through the stand-up set, like he he's like, "Hey, by the way, I made up all that shit. Like none of that was real." And you were all like, "Oh." Oh my god, because you're dumb. Why would you believe me? <laughs> yeah, Chad that's like... Kroger isn't even spelled that way. I don't even think it's said that way. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. And he was like, well, that uh, I think that says less about how dumb you are as an audience and more about how little anybody gives a fuck about Chad Kroger. Yeah, Chad Kroger, who cares, right? There's some Chad Kroger fan who's watching it uh, and is like, that actually is not true. I don't think this person exists, Josh, if I'm going to be honest with you. Noel's uh, Law of Media Accuracy. I'm going to learn you something else today. Oh, no. It's, it's, there's always somebody somewhere who knows something about the thing being reported, right? So you could, like, 
it's the it's the old uh, cowboy bebop at his computer or what? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's that, right? I love that. <laughs> um, again, believe it or not, this is a Star Trek podcast. And uh, <laughs> the first episode of the Cultural Exchange Collection that we're going to dive into, thanks again Rich Masters for suggesting it, is TNG season 2 episode 8, A Matter of Honor. I can't believe this is a season 2 episode. This episode is excellent, for one. It might be one of my favorite ones. It is a great episode. For two, written by the dude who slapped and killed uh, Tasha Yar to death. Uh, The Tar Monster? (laughs) Yeah, the Tar Monster Armus. Armus wrote this episode? Yeah, a writer named Burton Armus, who they named the monster after, wrote this episode. <laughs> That's not true. Are you fucking with me right now? No, I'm telling you. The funniest thing about it is the the Memory Alpha article for Burton Armus does not mention this anywhere in the fucking article. I had to go to the Armus article to learn oh, it. Oh, well, he's his own guy, Jeff. Give him some sure. credit. He's not just the slap monster. He's, he's his own man. I feel like we've set up like a uh, a precedent early on in this episode where no matter what we say, neither of us is going to believe what the other one is. <laughs> Good. No, uh, I, he wrote. They named it after him just because yeah. it didn't have a name, right? They they did that a lot in the first few seasons where they, they named the Bolians after what's his what's his name Bowl, like the writer. And they, they they had like the cliffs of Bowl named after him. You but, like, Bowl, the guy who makes those terrible vampire movies. Uh, he also makes terrible video game adaptations. Yeah, but what, no, not what the same the, guy. What did he do? Something he uh, did. Doom. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He did the Doom movie. He did Doom. Yeah, he also did um, House of the Dead. What's the one I'm thinking of? Blood Rain, got yeah, it. Yeah, he did Blood Rain as well, which uh, I don't know if that's better or worse than the subject oh my God, material. Oh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> they're horrible. But he, um, Burton Armus, the tar monster, wrote the episodes The Outrageous Akona about Han Solo coming into the Star Trek universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this episode and The Icarus Factor, a.k.a. Daddy Issues, the episode... Oh, that's the one we watched with the dad, right? How did we get through that one and not talk about our shitty dads? Or did we? We did not. Okay. Okay. That makes Uh, sense. You might remember the Icarus Factor better as the one where they they do American Gladiators wearing hockey pads. Ambo Jitsu. Yeah. um, Burton Armas started out as an NYPD detective. Oh, fuck. What a cool name for a detective. Armas. Detective, yeah, NYPD, uh, but you know, ACAB. But he um, also that yes. Telly Savalas <laughs> handpicked him to be the technical advisor for Kojak. Who loves you, baby? And that's where he said st- nobody gets these references. Uh, but that's where he started in TV. But he wrote. Check out this list of television shows that he wrote: Chips, yeah. Police Woman, Streets of San Francisco, The Fall Guy, NYPD Blue. Mm. All cop shows. Yeah, this dude loves cops. Fuck, the, uh, fuck that. Bronk? What the fuck is that? Did okay, he do cop rock? No, Please tell a, me he did cop rock. There is no fucking way that there was a television show called Bronk. Let me look there's this up. <laughs> dude, reboot Bronk right the fuck now. Put Rosario Dawson in it. Oh, fucking Bronk was an American drama series created by Carol O'Connor? 
Oh, wow. What the fuck? This is getting deep. This is deep lore right now. Starring Jack Palance as Detective Jesus. Lieutenant Alex Bronkov. Oh, and they just... <laughs> So they call it Bronk? It's a stupid fucking character name. This is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard of. Jack Palance did this? He probably was like, oh my god, I just need to pay my kids way through college. Pretty much. <laughs> he probably was like, fuck this, dude. Yeah, um, for those who don't know, Carol O'Connor was uh, Archie, Bunker. Archie Bunker on All in the Family. The yeah. the racist character on TV that my dad didn't hey, Why realize. you dating this spoothead there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the racist caricature on TV who my dad didn't realize was making fun of him and all of his friends. I don't think lots of dads realize that. <laughs> so he loved him. Uh, everybody go out and check out Bronk. Apparently that one's pretty good. <laughs> you can find it in the $2 uh, Walmart DVD. I bin. fucking doubt it. Even there, you're going to find Bronk. Gonna like Target and be like, uh, do you guys have the complete series of Bronk? I would love that. I would love to ruin some like five, eight dollar an hour person's day by bringing Bronk. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, I felt like that when I went to Best Buy and I was like, hey, uh, I asked like some fucking like twelve year old girl that worked there. I was like, hey, uh, do you have like uh, quarter inch to eighth inch headphone adapters? And she was like, what? <laughs> And I was like, you, you know, headphones, right? Like, you put headphones on your head. <laughs> I had to, like, fucking ex explain what a headphone was. It's fucked. Dude, I was like, I'm out of here. Fuck this. I, was, I got so, like, dad cranky, you know? I was like, fuck oh, this. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to be known that Bronk was a television show in 1975. Ooh. Which was when, if a TV show was on TV, it would be on for, like, 18 years. No matter yeah, how bad it it was. They didn't like to change things up. Uh, it had one season, so I can only Aww. imagine how bad Bronk is. Jack Palance didn't didn't win us over. On June 4th, 2019, because we were fucking feverish for some Bronk, <laughs> Warner Brothers released Bronk the Complete Series on DVD via their Warner Archive collection. Yeah, so... It should be at Target right yeah, this, now. This is a manufacturer-on-demand release, available through Warner's online store and Amazon.com only. So this is for, like, reviewers or, like, YouTube kids who want to, like, watch bad TV from 1975? Uh, I, I can't believe you're besmirching Bronk like this. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen Bronk. I'm sure it's fine. Um. <laughs> I can't stop saying Bronk. I just can't. It's not spelled like clever or anything. It's literally it's B R O N K. N K. Yeah. Bronk. Bronk. Yeah, it's. Part great. of me wants to do like a real 70s cop show font and just put Bronk on a t shirt. And so. The Quentin Tarantino, directed by Quentin Tarantino, just write it that, just, in that font. Just a plain ass t shirt that says Bronk. I don't know. Warner chest. Brothers will fucking cease and desist us. Oh, no. I I was thinking about that, but it, it is a, was a CBS show, so there's no chance we could get away with selling Bronk. Paramount is up our asses. <laughs> They already took us down twice. They're not going to worry about it a third they're time. Like, they're, like, they're like our arch enemies. They're going to have us in court. Like, we need to protect our most important IPs, like Bronk. 
Uh, is it true, uh, Mr. Pennington, that you put Bronk in the Quentin Tarantino directed by font <laughs> on a t-shirt on May 21st, 2022? What day is it? I don't know. That's it's tomorrow. So. Well, you're going to do it tomorrow. You're not doing it today. No, I'm not doing shit today after we finish recording this. Yeah. Uh, so this episode was directed by Burton Armis, a uh, famous writer of Bronk. We spent a lot of time talking about Bronk. <laughs> I, I can only imagine I'm going to be thinking about Bronk for a long time after this. <laughs> I, I can only imagine that when I go on the Discord, there will be a Bronk uh, emoji. <laughs> <laughs> um... This episode was directed by Rob Bowman, who directed 13 episodes of TNG, um, but became like extremely famous as the producer and director of over 30 episodes of The X-Files. Oh, man. I love that show. I do so too. many monsters. He also directed The X-Files movie, which... The first one or the second one? Uh, I believe the first one. That one's, like, okay. The second one's, like also okay <laughs> yeah I, I think that's a good that's a good review they're both okay they're not great but they're like i'll watch this whatever he directed the first one the fight for the future yeah the one with the uh, black sludge yeah the one with armis in it oh, the, oh my god bronk <laughs> is here oh shit oh no bronk can we just call him bronk he's, just, he's uh, the tar monster that slapped tasha yar is Popular 1975 cop series, Bronk. Armis, <laughs> turn in your gun and slapping hand. I'll take this case as far as I can take it, whether you're with me or not, Bronk. And he puts on an old-timey detective hat. <laughs> it's like full of tar. It just fucking sinks into his head. <laughs> okay, this episode was released February 6, 1989. Yeah, there's a lot of like fun like Cold Warism in this. I think that's why I like it so much. Josh, uh, you heard it here first. Josh loves the Cold War. I love the Cold War. Fucking, I mean, we're back, baby, right? Like, yeah. we're gonna. Who knows? <laughs> Kremlin Joe might let fly the nukes. I don't know. We're back. <laughs> Sleepy Joe. Sleepy yeah, Joe Biden. Sleepy, <laughs> Sleepy Joe. Oh no. We're back, baby. <laughs> Ugh. Watch too many episodes of Bronk. Now I'm criticizing the president. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting a little too boomer on me here. Sorry, everybody. Um, Although you did say uh, that very Gen Z thing earlier. Oh yeah. I what the fuck did I say? I said uh, so. I said I just said so true, bestie. So true, bestie. Uh, Josh yeah. said that he he was gonna die. From asbestos poisoning, and I said, "So true, bestie." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we are—we're the greatest podcast ever made. By it's the way, it's true. If this is a bad episode, you're wrong. <laughs> wow, there it is. So let's actually talk about Star Trek. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> the uh, Enterprise D has uh, just left Starbase 179, and they've got some uh, new crew members on for this uh, officer exchange program that they they have going on. Hey, that's our fucking uh, thing for this month. Uh, yeah. What a coincidence. The cultural exchange collection, and there's an officer exchange program happening. Whoa, what are the odds? It's almost like Rich Masters actually planned this collection out in some way, shape, or form. 
That's amazing. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, we find out that Wesley Crusher full on racist in this episode. Oh my god! I I wanted to tweet about this, but I was like, nah, I'm just gonna save it, uh, dude. He's like. He's like, he's hey, Mordok, you couldn't oh have graduated God. yet. He's like, oh, I'm actually Mendon. And Wesley Crusher doesn't even fucking apologize. He's like, oh, you just look the same. <laughs> All you Benzites look the same. That's what he says. Pretty much, word for word. And fucking Mendon, race trader, is like, yeah, we come from the same geostructure. Of course we would look the same. Yeah, Wesley also, Crusher, like- virulent racist, then asks... How can you tell yourself apart? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> god damn it, Armus. From the man who wrote Bronk? I mean, I'm fine with it because, like, I hate Wesley Crusher and Will Wheaton, so it's fuck true. him, right? Like, I don't give a fuck. He's fucking sucks. Uh, genuine spacist Wesley Crusher. How Dude. do you tell yourselves apart? And what's crazy then, and he's like, at least you're not one of those filthy spoonheads. And then yeah. Mendoc is like, I heard that, bestie. <laughs> he's like, at least you're not one of those fucking filthy cardy spoonheads. Yeah, you know how they are. And, and Mendon, Mendon like, looks away from the camera slightly and goes, Jesus Christ. Fuck, man. <laughs> this little vaporizer puffing away. He's vaping hard in this episode. <laughs> It's gonna get fucking popcorn long. <laughs> I haven't heard that phrase in ages. Popcorn long. The doctor always tells me about popcorn long. Really? Even when I tell her I don't vape, she goes off. She doesn't fucking believe me. Yeah, she fucking. She's like, you just look like a vapor, man. You look she like she just you're, looks at me and is like, "Yes, dude's vaping." You're he's lying ripping those cotton clouds hard. You just look I mean, like that. <laughs> I mean, I do vape in the waiting room, but that's not the same as in the office. So. I only vape at the doctor's office. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we get this scene where Riker and... Uh, well, actually, first off, uh, Mendon walks up to Riker and he's like, I requested this assignment. I believe I could be a great help to the Enterprise in getting things running correctly. Yeah. And Riker's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like, what? (laughs) He's like, go to your fucking quarters. He's like, I got like 47,000 things I gotta do right now, so who the fuck are you? Like, I'm the first officer of the ship. I don't don't need to be hearing you say this shit right now. Yeah. But I do love how he and O'Brien look at each other like, what the fuck? Dude. (laughs) Culture exchange going very well so far. The... O'Brien's part in this entire episode is to look at shit incredulously and laugh. <laughs> He's like the fucking Parks and Rec, the office camera look at her guy of Star Trek. <laughs> uh, I believe that guy's name was Jim. Jim Halpert. Jim Office. Officeman. Jim the Office. He is the main character. They named the show after him. <laughs> Just like another show I could mention, but I won't. Starts with a B. <laughs> uh, Ugly Betty. <laughs> Good show. Riker and Picard go to uh, what is listed here as the phaser range, but we know is a giant empty black soundstage. It's just a green screen room with green screen everywhere. And there <laughs> or, are or dots. probably blue screen. There are dots everywhere, and they shoot at every 25th dot that appears. <laughs> 
Dude, they are like I don't know the like the point system, but it's seemingly random. <laughs> the highest points you can get in there is like fifty thousand. Our heroes are coming out of there with a grand score of two hundred each. It's what's bad. crazy is that like Riker's saving up for that bike hanging on the wall, and like he's never gonna get it. <laughs> He'll be lucky if he gets the slide whistle, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get a bunch of stickers and, like, a uh, Power Rangers eraser tip thing. Okay, that's awesome. I'm fine Do you remember that. those? I do. They didn't they erase shit. You just put it on your eraser and you couldn't erase anything anymore. Yeah. It keeps your eraser safe, though. Picard, no one will steal your eraser out of your pencil. Out of your pencil, yeah. Uh, Picard's, like... Um, we think, like, Starfleet and your mother and I, Starfleet, think it would be a good idea <laughs> for somebody to participate in the exchange program with a Klingon vessel. And the yeah. IKS, pa is in the, the air. And Riker's like, has anybody else done it? And Picard's like, no, no one's ever done this. And Riker's like, I'll do it. And then I love this Picard, like, pretends not to hear him. He's like, yeah. oh, what was that, number one? Because he wants to... And Riker, like, knows he's doing it, Yeah, he's, it like, too. smirking real big. Yeah. He's like, this is a there. really and cool moment. Picard's like, well, uh, what makes you want to take the take the job, number one? And he says, because nobody's done it before. Yeah. It's really cool. And that's what we're out here to do, baby. <clears throat> I want to go... Eat some fucking worms on a ship, get sexually harassed by some female officers. <laughs> I will say, like, this episode is a really good showcase into how to sort of appreciate a different culture yeah. without appropriating it, right? Oh, yeah, this this is a really great episode. Like, yeah. I, that's why I said earlier, it, it, I'm surprised it's season two. Not that season two is, like, terrible, but, like... it's not. It's no season one, but it's also no season three. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I don't know. There's some hot, hot trash in season two, but there's also, like, these really good episodes. We covered one of those pieces of hot trash, season two, episode one, The Child. Yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> I'm pregnant! I'm pregnant with a space child, and now it's an adult? Uh, you know what? That's what happened to me. <laughs> Tell that story, Josh. I was born, and now I'm an adult. There you go. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> I saw... And, and I live in space, so I don't know. True. On Satellite M or whatever we said. 18, oh, no, but also, like, we're always ago. in space. Yeah, Shut yeah. up, Josh. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> if you're keeping track, that might be the first time I've ever told Josh to shut up. <laughs> you're, like, exactly like uh, my friend Sean, who, like, whenever I'm like, yeah, well, we're always in space, he's like, oh, my God. No, it's true. true. We are literally always in space. Where There's the no fuck way else would that. we be? <laughs> we, uh, Earth is in space, and we're on Earth. There's no yeah. denying this. What's the difference? Gravity. There's gravity in space without Earth. Nah, not, not according to me and all 14th century scholars. So. <laughs> all right, Copernicus. <laughs> I believe the center of the galaxy is a tub of butter. Look, that would be way better than what we got now. We don't even a know what the black hole. <laughs> the um, uh, but like Riker tries to sort of he tries to come at things from like a Klingon point of view and sort of like change his perspective to understand where they're coming from. Yeah, and he he starts out by like you know what I'm gonna like try and appreciate some cuisine. Yeah, and so he goes and gets like makes this poor fucking waiter wait on him for some reason. Yeah, well, there are waiters in 
and ten forward for some reason. That seems like why a bad job. Have, yeah, why don't they just have robots do it? Because <clears throat> then data would be like, oh, they're sentient. You're you're doing this to my people. Look, they're not exocomps. Fucking whatever. <laughs> That's true. The exocomp thing sure did get swept under the rug fast, but uh, I like how they do. They talk about it in lower decks. So <clears throat> it's really it's a fun one. Oh yeah, I I haven't seen that one. My I think that's the one we're gonna already. do. Is that one the one we're gonna do? I think so. I think it's the one we're gonna talk about. Well, I guess we'll <laughs> see. Um, <laughs> my throat is fucked already, which is great for the eighteen hours of podcasting we're about to do. Oh yeah, it's a marathon, baby. Um, but anyway, let's actually talk about the episode instead of talking about stuff that happens later in the episode. <laughs> yeah. And by talking about the episode, I mean take a quick commercial break where we'll be back after these messages. Man, we're really blue balling everybody today. Yeah, like always. After these messages, we'll be right back. An undercover cop. Give me names. You're crazy, do you know that? You're really crazy. A veteran of the streets. A special investigator like none you've ever seen before. You know what they'll call you, don't you? There's Pig. During a break on location recently, we asked Jack Palance about the series and the man called Bronk. Bronk's background is a policeman who rose to be a lieutenant. Became terribly interested in things such as drugs. I'm flushing the stuff. Oh, Bronk, that stuff's evidence. I want this crud sold in the streets. You learn that the police sometimes were winking in the wrong direction. What percentage of this police department would you say is corrupt? One percent? Two? Fifty? You're trying to put words into my mouth. Someone should. Bronk becomes a special investigator because uh, after he works against certain police interests, it became difficult for him to work with police. Detective Bronkoff, do you trust anybody in the department? I don't know. I don't know whether we need necessarily call Bronk a strong silent type. He's just a man who talks when he has something to say. Bronk. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully uh, that message tickled your pickle in a way I think that you, you know what commercial I'm going to put There in. is literally no way on fucking Satan's red earth that you are going to find a Bronk commercial. I'm going to find it right the fuck now and download it. If you do... I'm multitasking. If you do, I will give you $5. All right. I, I found w- it right here. What? <laughs> Link me to this. There's I don't believe you. Oh, my God. Look at this font. I don't fucking oh, believe shit. you that you found a Bronk commercial already. Dude, there's like, t- there's like 12 of them. Jesus fucking Christ. You owe me 12 times 5. What is that? I, I don't think so. I'll sh- I will PayPal you $5 right now. but <laughs> No, don't PayPal me $5. <laughs> oh my god. This font. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the Soul Train font. <laughs> Look at the stars. What the fuck? Okay, enough bronk. Enough bronking around. Yeah, let's right, talk about Star around. Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Riker walks down a corridor, the corridor in the Starship Enterprise with Worf, mm-hmm. and he learns about a little bit about Klingon culture from Worf, who I guess read about it in the book. 
That's rough, dude. It's true. <laughs> he didn't learn about it from his dad, that's for sure. His Russian-ass pops. I meant his dead one. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he definitely didn't learn anything from him. Rip. But uh, he's like, is one? Of, is it true that one of the duties of a first officer is to assassinate the captain? And he's like, yeah, if he becomes weak or unfit. It's the Sith, man. And Riker's like, well, that can't possibly work. And Worf's like, yeah, it's been working for centuries, dude. That's how we do it around those parts. It's, he's but like, Worf loves him. Worf loves Riker. He does. He doesn't want anything bad to happen to his best friend. So he gives him a keychain fob. <laughs> <laughs> he gives him uh, an EpiPen to take with him. <laughs> he gives him a keychain fob that says, Holodeck Amusements Park. It, it says, uh, fat asses and wine glasses, part six. <laughs> I made that up on the spot. Holy Man, shit. I would buy that shot glass. <laughs> on the bridge, Mendon, who uh, looks exactly like everyone else in his race, apparently, Star Trek. Thank you. Are we sure it's Mendon and not Mentok? The mind taker? <laughs> what about Mentos? <laughs> The fresh maker. The mind taker. The mind taker. Taking minds. <laughs> but uh, Mendon's like walking around being like, hey, you should do this because it'll be better. I'm smarter than you and better yeah. than you in every way. He's like acting like the captain pretty much. And he's like, hey, Wesley, how do I tell the captain that all of his choices suck dick and I'm better than him? Like, should and I Wesley- tell him? Wesley's like, that's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, go right ahead, buddy. Good idea. (laughs) You should tell him exactly what you just said. (laughs) Uh, Mendon, being a fucking dumbass, uh, (laughs) when the Pach arrives, he... uh, First off, the the captain of the Pach is um, a dickhead, right? Yeah, is he, though? The more I watch this, I, I don't know. I feel like he's like... Not a dickhead. He's he's standoffish, let's say. Well, he's Klingon. I mean, you know how they are. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> At least he's not a spoonhead, though, This right? is supposed to be the cultural exchange series of episodes. <laughs> and we've learned nothing about tolerance and acceptance yet. Thankfully, we have four more episodes to get. <laughs> Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll get there. This is our journey to become not spacist. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's funny. But um, he 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 like scans the pox hole as it comes up, which is standard. Yeah, but he right? like he that's does a like standard. a probing scan, and the, right, and, which is not no. Standard. And he finds like a subatomic life form that the computer hasn't uh, identified, and he's he doesn't do anything about it. He just sits on it. Yeah, which is like, bro, like. This whole thing could have been avoided if if he would have been like, "Hey, I found this weird shit," and then the captain could have been like, "Oh, uh, Captain uh, Standoffish, whatever your name is, Captain Cargan." Uh, there's some shit, Captain Car Cargon, Captain Kroger, Captain Kroger of the spaceship Krogers LLC. <laughs> he, uh, we have a found a. Uh, it's eating your hull, so fix it. And he would have been like, "Thank you, Captain Picard." <laughs> That is very nice. Of you. you would have said Picard too, because they all do for some reason. That's how we say it. Um, he's just, he just sits on it, and like later on, he's like, "That's how it works on a Benzite ship. You would never bring information to your captain until you figured out a way to fix it." 
Yeah, maybe that's why no one's ever fucking heard of the Benzites. All I could think of was, like, is your species, like, going extinct? Because this is dumb as fuck. (laughs) This is how you get fucked, man. Like, how many of your ships blow up in the middle of space for no reason? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was there something wrong with the warp court? Yeah, but, uh... Captain or, or Lieutenant Mentos wasn't done scanning Lieutenant yet. Lieutenant Mentos. So. <laughs> yeah. The freshest lieutenant done. on the ship. <laughs> he had a fucking like fade going. He's the, he has a high top fade like kid and play. He's fresh yeah. as fuck. He knew the dance too. Oh man, truly the freshest of fresh. <laughs> it's my dream that one day we we're like famous enough to do a panel at a convention and, and we, we do, the, do the kid and play kick step. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll learn it. I don't fuck. I, I got, got nothing, nothing going, going on. on either, baby. Yeah, sweet. So uh, in Ten Ford, Riker is uh, testing out a bunch of Klingon food. Everybody is like, who comes up is like, ew, gross. Ooh. Some of it looks really good. Yeah, though. like the the. Peep, the pippiest claw or whatever. Yeah, it looks like a like breaded yeah. shrimp, and I was like, that looks that like looks breaded shrimp. Hell. <laughs> yeah, I want that, like coconut shrimp. Probably and, was. Uh, Raker is like having a time of his life, trying out all this great food, and everybody. Oh, he's hogging down. He's like, ooh, this is disgusting because I'm a fucking spacist. <laughs> and Picard comes in and he's like, oh, this, uh, no thanks for the Klingon food because in my heart of hearts. Also a spacist. Can't don't want to try it. <laughs> like Riker gives him like a drink and it's got like I don't know, like mushrooms yeah, in it or he's something. Like, Ew, and, like, gross. He like he like pretends to drink it and he goes, mm. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, down. dog, we have mushrooms on Earth. <laughs> yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, whatever. But uh Picard's like, Oh, I envy you and going on this uh going on this trip and Riker's like <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a... he's what do they call it? A mukbang? Uh, he's, 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 he's doing a mukbang, mukbang for sure. Yeah, he is. Hard he's not banging. fucking Armus or anything, but he is mukbanging. <laughs> That's how Armus fucks. He Because he's a muck, get it? That was really It turns smart. out that I, like I am that. the cleverest boy. <laughs> Uh, This is when Worf gives the emergency transponder to Riker. And Riker's like, sentimentality, Mr. Worf? And he's like, uh, preparedness, sir. Which is like the most Worf has ever shown care about anybody ever, right? And later on, this sort of like feeds into like later on when Worf talks about like who, uh, when he breaks his back and he talks about like who he trusts most on the ship, it's Riker. Yeah. He's like his friend. Like, it's perfect for Riker to go on this exchange because he like is pretty much like one of the only friends Worf has. Yeah, right? Like War- he already like understands Worf in a, in a sort of like quiet like cowboy esque way, right? Sure. Where like like you could you could kind of see him like sitting around a fire, just not talking, but they're like just like being there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like the, men, like, like old timey, old timey, hyper fucking toxic masculine men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No communication. Um, like, Worf basically has two friends, and that's Data and Riker. <laughs> and that's yeah. why they make such a great trio whenever they're, like, beamed down to somewhere. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Like, when they get beamed down to a, a hotel. <laughs> it's, and they, they just play craps. And they just play games, and then they go home. <laughs> the the POC arrives, and Captain Cargon's like, uh, beam him over anyway, bye. 
Yeah, literally, <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck it. And uh, I, I do love that Captain Picard's like, you're getting a fine officer, and he's like, thanks for your opinion. <laughs> it's so Klingon. Dude, I love, a lot of this episode reminds me of Undiscovered oh, Country, yeah. which I love. So I, I immediately, like, I think they use the same music cues for the Probably. Klingons. Like, like, they, just, they, like, they definitely have, like, the Klingon theme that, like... Yeah, like that. That, um... Yeah. Is like a motif throughout this episode that they is like played yeah. in other types of music and stuff. It's there's a fire truck coming. I apologize. Let's all just listen to this cool fire truck. You I am this? hearing that loud and clear, baby. Go get them, boys. Go get that fire, boys. <laughs> it's still going. Um, I do love that O'Brien's like, oh, good luck out there. I wouldn't be going. And Riker's like, yeah, thanks, buddy. I like how the, he's also like like O'Brien's like, aren't you afraid? And Riker's like, no. Yeah, and he's like, well, I would be. Like, I, yeah. Thanks, O'Brien. <laughs> we already knew you were a spacist. <laughs> well, to be fair, O'Brien hasn't left that room in like ten years. He just like has a cot in the corner, and he's like, I don't like going outside. <laughs> outside is where the people are. <laughs> He's kind of like us. I don't, I had to, I've been outside almost every day this week, and I don't care for it. I don't recommend it. I uh, I had a great time. I, Crystal, my wife's birthday, was this week, and we went out to eat for the first time ever. It feels like, because <laughs> the pandemic's been going on for so long. And, yeah. like, literally no one on Earth is wearing a mask anymore except us. So that oh, no, fun. I went, dude. Where did I go? I went to some place, a Wawa, and uh, I was the only one wearing a mask. And I was like, great. Everyone this looks rules. at you like you're a fucking weirdo. And I'm like, really? I'm the one? Okay. Yeah, I'm the weirdo? Yeah, we had okay. A, we had a great time Whatever. doing that, but then like I had to just go out to do chores, to do like to run errands yesterday, and I was like, yeah, outside put, sucks. Uh, pump- Did you have to put pumpkin bags no, over not some stuff? Yet. It's not the time of year for pumpkin bags. <laughs> you know, our front lawn it was weeds and moss, right? So yeah. we put down like weed killer and it kinda like killed the moss too. So we're trying to like resuscitate it. And every day yeah. I'm terrified I'm gonna get some fucking shitty letter from the HOA like fix your lawn, bitch. Yeah, lawns are fucked like that. Like uh, I don't know. I just I'm big into like letting lawns just do what they do. Cause like Whatever. Well, the thing is, like, <laughs> right? lawns are all made up of, like, a type of grass that's, like, horribly invasive and, like, dies yeah. really easily and lets weeds in super easy. Yeah. Uh, really, like, your lawn should be made up of, like, little, like, the plants and shit that grow in your area. That's why I will never understand people who, like, pick up leaves from their lawn. It's like, why are you picking up the we leaves? Got a, like, we got that's a hateful the- message about that. About not raking our leaves up, but it, it's the outside. That's where it's, they belong. You're, it's a fighting a, it's you're fighting a losing fucking battle, guys. Like you're not I gonna mean, win this. My fucking snow blows while it's snowing, so I'll never understand. Yeah, that's how my mom's. That's how my mom and her husband are. It's like, god damn it, at guys. At least wait like, for it to stop snowing. What are you doing? Fucking relax. Re fucking relax. Anyway. Right? <laughs> The Pock leaves and Picard heads to his observation lounge and Mendon's like, uh, Captain, I have some ideas and suggestions on procedural changes. 
It'll make your shitty yeah. ship run good for once. <laughs> and Picard's like, well, that's nice and all, but like on this ship, we follow the chain of command, so you need to report this to Worf. And Worf walks up like, I, I would love oh, yeah. for you to impress me. Yeah, he's like, I would like to impress upon you, and then I love this, and Worf's like, you can impress me. <laughs> it's kind of a nice parallel, too, because like, we get to see, like, Worf as a Starfleet Klingon, and then we get to see Klingons That's as Klingons, true. right? Like, that is very true. Like, 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 if this was, like, if he was on a Klingon ship, he probably would have, like, fucking slapped him he or some shit, right? He would have thrown him into a panel and caused actual damage to the ship, and everyone would have loved it. Dude, <laughs> the sparking panel. Uh, but yeah, like, this Benzite, for some reason, does not want to interact with Worf. Is he a spaces too? Yeah, well, probably he th- he probably thinks he's talking to Borf. <laughs> you all look it's, alike, Worf and Borf. Yeah, Worf and, and Borf. Dorf. Borf was in his class at the academy, and he bullied well, him. Worf and t- the tiny Worf that walks on his knees in shoes, Dorf. Dorf. <laughs> I saw it coming, Are and I still love it. Any people who listen to this who get that joke. <laughs> I mean. This is like a Futurama episode at this point where there's so much shit flying it's around. It's going to take a couple listens to get all of them. Uh, Riker gets brought to the bridge on the Pach to meet Cargon. And Cargon's like, Can I trust you like I trust the rest of my crew? Yeah, and I think it's really cool. Uh, Riker steps down a step to make the captain higher than yeah, him. He's like, I'll, I'll serve and obey your orders. And then Clag, yeah. and then Lieutenant, yeah, Clag, like, yeah, uh, it starts talking in Klingon, and uh, Captain Cargon is like, "Speak their language." Yeah, which is how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> the translator should make it so you can understand all this. But uh, can you just like switch it off? Is there like a HUD in your eye that you can just turn I off? I hope not. That would be I'm not awesome. Big on HUD in my eye thing. My eyes don't work well enough for that shit. I can nah, have man, a HUD in my right fine. eye right now, and I would never know. <laughs> well, can you not see out of your uh, right my eye? My right eye is shit. Like, I can see out of it, but Dude, not anywhere near good enough to do anything with it. My right eye is shit. I was legally blind in it. <laughs> what are we, the same guy? We've established that. <laughs> oh, my God, I forget sometimes. <laughs> We're the same dude, but also different? How does that work? I don't know. Maybe we should have some sort of cultural exchange. We just exchange yeah. each other's lives. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't do that to your yeah. wife. <laughs> I don't think she would agree to that, to be real honest. <laughs> no, I mean, it wouldn't be weird or anything. I mean, I wouldn't be like, you know. I'm okay, just, let's move on. But, um, <laughs> uh, but like, Clag is like, I don't believe you. And Riker just like starts throwing this dude over and over to the ground. Like, he's d- he's that dude you play Street Fighter 2 with who would not stop leg-sweeping you over and over again. I was gonna say, it's Mortal Kombat leg-sweep, right? He fucking stun-locks stun him. into leg-sweep, and, th- and then does, like, his throw move and throws him into the exploding yeah. panel that every ship has. That's, that's the panel that you throw people into. And all I can think of is, like, my dude just damaged the ship. Like... And everybody's yeah. like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Lieutenant, like, Blarg is going to show up for his duty and he's going to be like, what the fuck happened to my Clag panel? Is played by the alien from uh, X Files. 
Brian Thompson. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Who, I mean, I'm sure people know him for other stuff. He was in literally everything. He's in so he, much He's shit, been yeah. in every version of Star Trek. He That's was in awesome. Generations, which had TOS in it. He was in Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise. So he, the only one he missed out on was Voyager. He was busy that month. He played uh, two Klingons, uh, some sort of weird alien with paint on his face. That's aliens for you. Uh, and he also played a Jem'Hadar and a Romulan. Uh, he would be good as a Jem'Hadar. He basically played a Jem'Hadar in uh, x Uh I mean, Klingon Jem'Hadar are just reptile Klingons, so... Yeah, reptile Klingons. That's something that, like... I don't know if I've ever talked about before, but, like, Trek at this time has a really hard time creating new alien species that aren't just Klingons again. You mean this time right now, or this time this in time the show? This time in the show that, that we're, like, we're talking about now. I, I, I feel like now they still have Probably, a yeah. I wouldn't doubt that at all, but, like, even when it came time to be, like, we need uh, to, like, flesh out Andorians, because we never really fleshed them out before, yeah. we're like, oh, they're ice Klingons. <laughs> yeah, in the old one, yeah, they're like they're a little bit tamer, I guess. I always thought of them as the ice elves. Um, right? Yeah, I could probably see that, but like the like ice like elves are still the, but like yeah, they're more yeah, they're more like the wood elves, right? Wood elves are more like they fight yeah. more than the the high like, elves. Um, every time there was a new race on Voyager, it was like Klingons, but they were like broccoli. And yeah. Uh, when like the Jim Hadar were like Klingons, but like they were created. Yeah, it's different. It's just different. Um, <laughs> okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, after Riker beats the shit out, dude, we go back to the Enterprise, and that's when Worf finds uh, that the weird substance, the subatomic bacteria, is on the hull of the Enterprise as well. Yeah, and they're like, how do we get out there to clean it off? Like, uh, send Mendon out there. <laughs> Everybody hates Mendon. Send him out there. But Endon, <laughs> Mendon's like, oh, I noted it on the pog. And Picard's like, what? You didn't say anything? He's like, he does a spit. He does a spit. <laughs> <laughs> he does the freakazoid take where he spits for like 20 full seconds. 20 seconds. <laughs> Oh, I love Freakazoid. Um, he's like, you should have immediately supported it. And Men's, uh, Mendon's like, in a Benzite ship, you have to do a full analysis and come up with a, a yeah. response. And again, all I could think was, man, you guys probably die a lot, huh? I I just, I don't understand that. I, I mean, it's like writing, right? It's for yeah. the episode, but also it's like, yeah, how does that work, though? Picard's <laughs> like... Well, you're here on, like, a cultural exchange so that you can learn about the way we do things and our protocols and the way we follow things. So that's what you should be doing from now on, especially because you're under my command. Right, and he's like, here we do it this way. And he's mad, but, like, man, Patrick Stewart is such a good actor that, like, you feel the compassion for Mendon, yeah. even though he's mad about what happened. You know what I mean? It's so good. It really like, is. Like, a lesser actor would have just been angry. Yeah. Yeah. Played it mad and, and then tried to, like, uh, pretend, like, act to get over it, right? Like, oh, uh, well, whatever, yeah. right? Picard's, but not Picard. Picard's it's like, much more yeah. of a, like, 
this is a learning experience. Yeah, and it's such a like a dichotomy from the Klingon ship, which we'll see yes. later, right? Where it's totally different. It is a whole different experience. It's like being on a space pirate ship. Yeah, dude. It even looks like a fucking space pirate um, ship. I do love that Picard's like, now get back to your analysis and figure out what we could do about this. Data. Make sure he doesn't fuck up again. <laughs> Data gets put in charge of the bridge like twice in this episode, and he doesn't have like no, any he lines. speaks like once in the entire episode. Even Data's like appalled by this like course of action that Mendon takes. He's like, what led you to believe that was the right thing to do? <laughs> he's, he's like, I couldn't, in my endless database yeah. of information and viewpoints that I have within me, I can't figure out why you fucked up so hard. Yeah, the sparks come out. He does a spit take of sparks. <laughs> <laughs> he opens his mouth and it sparks like those old toys that had sparks inside. Oh, it's like... Those old Japanese toys, yeah. yeah. Um, b- back on the clock, <laughs> Riker is in the mess hall, and um, he's having uh, Breggit lung and Rokeg blood pie. Yeah, they're and they're all yucking it up as yeah, pals. And, uh, there's a Klingon lady who's looking him up and down and like licking her big gross teeth. Yeah, and she's like, "He is very attractive, but I shall have him." <laughs> And uh, he gets some gawk, and he's kind of like, it's alive. He's like, oh, it's alive. Which, like, up until this point, he's done a really good job of not being a tourist. Yeah, he's he's kind of okay. an extremely you know? tourist thing to say. It's alive, though. Yeah. But um, Clagg is like, perhaps one of you, the females could breastfeed you. It's so and they all good, laugh. dude. But it's even Riker's laughing. He's like, "Ah, oh, fucking roast yeah. me." Yeah, he's like, "All right, I get, I get what's and, going uh, on." Right? He's like, "Do you think you could handle?" They wonder about how you would be able to handle Klingon indoor. Could you yeah. endure them? He's like, yeah. "Endure what?" And he's like, "Them." And he's like, "Do you mean yeah. one or both of them?" It's such a and good. They all time. laugh. It's so it's like, perfectly, they're Riker. just fucking having yeah. a great time together, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, man. He he fits in really well, He's right? Like, like uh, you, you Klingons aren't like I expected you to be. I didn't think you'd have a sense of humor, and they're like, you know, I thought the same thing about you. Yeah, it's this is the Cold yeah, War shit. We're not right? so Where different, like, you and I. Yeah, we're the same, I guess. Except one of us kills yeah. people. We, like, we a murder lot. quite a lot. <laughs> um, but like this one dude gets all philosophical, and he's like, "We are the same. I have a father and a mother who I look like." Yeah, I like that guy. The the not yeah. Clag, the other guy. He's really cool. He's a good actor too, because he does like some good like facial acting in even in like the Klingon yeah. makeup where you're like oh yeah, this is nice I like Clagg a lot I find Brian Thompson to be kind of yeah. an underrated actor he, he gets like beef head yeah. roles a lot because the way he looks he always plays an idiot but, like yeah. he's he's like he shows it a lot in X-Files as the alien as well like when he gets chances to actually act that he's like really good yeah. at playing like nefarious and smart yeah but um he's an idiot in this but he's he's a good dude <laughs> but um Riker's like uh what about your parents Clag and he's like oh uh, my mother died with honor but my father 
was captured by the Romulans, and now he will grow old and die without honor. Yeah, he stands up and he gets like really like oh, he gets full soliloquy <laughs> in this bitch. Yeah, dude. But and that's like such a Klingon thing too. It's like it's Klingon like opera. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like when, like when somebody spits on the ground after they say a name, oh, right? It's very Klingon like right there, baby. Yeah, it's yeah. I think that's the yeah. thing that really sets Klingons apart from all the other warrior races or whatever is they're like warrior poets. They find yeah. like beauty and meaning in battle as well. Yeah, they have like a poet's heart in a warrior, and it's like very. Uh, it's like refreshing in a way because they're not just like like you said the Jemadar are just like whatever machines we kill kill right like, yeah Th- this is a weird scene right because I feel like this episode had to have come before um the Icarus factor where we learn about Riker's yeah. father because he's like I haven't spoken to him in years or whatever and Riker's like but he's your father and he says that a hundred times right. Right, which I all like uh, me and you, we could do a whole yeah. podcast about how well, I that's hate like, that. We we've <laughs> talked about that before. That like media really pushes reconciliation, and it's always on you yeah. as the son or the daughter. Oh yeah, to put aside yeah. um, the fact that your parent fucked you over in every way possible and forgive them. And for some right. reason, if you don't, you're a bad person. <laughs> Yeah, but he's your father, like, right? It's like, yeah? So, so, okay. Like if like, if my right. father was a sperm donor, would you be saying the same thing? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because that's pretty yeah. much it, right? I made a joke during a, a, a raid the other night. Somebody was like made like a your dad joke or something like that. And I, and I went, I didn't have a father. <laughs> and everyone got really quiet. And I, and I was like, that's one of those jokes that I think is funny, but everyone else does. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm used to those. Yep. I've yep. said many of them in this episode, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Back on the Enterprise, we find out that uh, Data has figured things out, as he always does. Yeah. That the organisms, the subatomic uh, bacteria, is feeding on compounds in the hull. And the POC is even more susceptible than the Enterprise because it's made out of, like, uh, old Buicks and shit. It's made out of... <laughs> it's made out of old Buicks and, like, graham crackers, which bacteria oh, me love. Me too. Uh, Picard's <laughs> like, well, let's catch up with the POC, right? Uh, around this time... Yeah, and they're like, they're on undesignated maneuvers, which is like, they're just flying around doing whatever the Being fuck. like, let's do fucking donuts... <laughs> but Car- uh, back on the park, Cargan calls Riker to the bridge, and he's like, uh, "the The mood has changed. Yeah, it's very ship. serious. It's very serious. It's very accusatory. Like, if I was Riker, I'd be sweating bullets. Like, why is everybody looking at me? Yeah, what I do? Uh, they found the <laughs> same hull breach, and they figured out that the ship is basically has like fifteen. Uh, has like eight hours until it's completely yeah. incapable of flying any longer. See, I think this is where Captain Cargon, uh, mm. right? This is where I think he he is aware of what's happening, but he is going to show Riker what Klingons are, right? I don't think like he, I don't I, think he's I aware don't... of what's happening. To be honest, I think he. 
later when he finds out what's happening, he is an honorable enough man to accept that he's wrong. But yeah. I think at this point he really does think that the Enterprise has done this on purpose. He's kind of an older Klingon, so I imagine yeah. he's, like, he's from around the time when the Klingons were at war with the Federation. Right. He could still be so of that So he's time. still thinking, like, the Federation is up to something. Right. I, uh... Also, like, for a Klingon to destroy the Enterprise, that's, oh, like, yeah. a big Could you deal, imagine right? the big dick yeah. energy you would have back on Kronos yeah. if you were like, guess who destroyed the Enterprise? Big dick energy squared. It's true. true. <laughs> I just... The old Klingons from Deep Space Nine and TOS would all be sitting in the background, like, grumbling, like, fucking upstart little bastard. Fucking Cargon, motherfucker. Yeah. Except uh, one of them would be like, upstart little bastard. (laughs) (laughs) To to never again feel a warm hand on a warm summer day, Cargon. Yes, I'd kill for that. (laughs) You'd make a great Klingon. Deep in my heart, right? Yeah. But, um... (laughs) Riker's like, I think it's like space organisms, right? And they're like, no, the Enterprise did this. And he's like, why would they send me over here? Yeah, he's like, why would they do that? He's like, the Enterprise scanned us. He's like, well, that's procedure. And they're like, no, they did an intensive scan in the area that the organism's at for two minutes. A tunneling scan. Yeah, and Riker's like, well, I don't know why they would do that, but it's not a weapon. It's a scanner. Yeah. Cargon's yeah. like, fuck you and your bitches. <laughs> He's like, will you promise to be a Klingon and stop being a pussy bitch? You maidenless <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I think, is this when he has some, like, where his loyalties lie? And he's like, tell me Oh, the no, that happens weaknesses. later. He just oh, orders later, the okay. ship cloaked in an Enterprise, uh, or intercept course for the Enterprise. And Riker's yeah. like, oh, I think you're making a mistake. And he's like... Eyes him up and down. Yeah. Uh, Wesley's still in this episode. Yeah, great. <laughs> and Mendon's like, oh, I made an error. My career's over. I don't understand that mistakes happen for some reason. We don't make mistakes on Ben's like, I guess. Apparently. Yeah. And uh, Wesley's like, look, I'm in this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if he said that, but he doesn't. But Mendon isolates the organisms, uh, removes them using a tunneling neutrino beam. That's the neutrino beam. Picard's like, add that information to the hail broadcast that we're sending out to the POC. And Data's like, uh, well, it's either been cloaked or it's destroyed because it's not out here. And the fact that there's no wreckage lets us know that it has to be cloaked. Yeah, they would have seen the wreckage, right? The hole in the POC is getting bigger, right? It's like the size of, like, uh, two people now. <laughs> Clag is like, look, a, they send Riker out of the room so Clag can be like, I don't think Riker knows anything. Like, he's he may be a spy, but he's no coward. And yeah. uh, Cargon's like, you've just proven that he's intelligent. And I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> right. It, it's no matter what you yeah, say, he's right, right, you're, you're not going to... Yeah, it's not going to matter. Uh, the Enterprise is on an intercept course, and Cargon's like, look, 
full battle alerts and photon torpedoes. He's like, you almost had me believing this was a mistake or something. And he's like, ah, shit. Like, he's like seeing phantoms, yeah, absolutely. right? Like, he's seeing, like, yeah. This is when Riker's like, uh, look, like, we need to back down, like, uh, and Cargon's like, you know, where do your loyalties lie? You swore an oath yeah. to serve me. Like, tell me the Enterprise's weaknesses. And he's like, I also, sir, swore an oath to Starfleet, and I'm not going to. He's like, I'm going to do yeah. both. Like, I will. He's like, I'm going to die on this ship, but I'm not going to give you up the secrets of the Enterprise. Cargon's like, this is where Cargon's like real cool. He's like, if you would have given me yeah. that information, I would have killed you where you stood. Dude, he's doing Riker's doing the fucking Klingon speed. He really right is. Now, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like you better not fuck up, my man. <laughs> Uh, he he's getting this new message about the organisms on the Enterprise. He didn't believe that shit either. He doesn't believe anything. He's like, I got. I'm just gonna kill the yeah. Enterprise, not because it's something I've always wanted to do, but because it's necessary. Yeah, I I I I don't know. I I know that like that's how it seems. I I feel like I'm like a Klingon sympathizer right now. Klingon apologist. I'm, I'm telling you, are it, it feels like it feels like he. Like, Cargon knows what's happening at this point, and he's like, maybe it's to save face or to show he's in still command, right? Like, maybe this is, like, the problem with, like, how Klingon ships are run. Like, he can't back down or it's weak. Nah, I but fully like, think he he really does think the Enterprise is responsible for this. And yeah. he's looking at it from a Klingon point of view because, like... It's nothing yeah. for a Klingon to be ordered onto someone else's ship and to sabotage to it die, to explode right. and die. That's true. That's a really like, good point. That's yeah, dying that's with honor to defeat an enemy. So that's exactly what yeah. he thinks Riker is doing. And I mean, the fact that Riker has fit in so well amongst the Klingons probably just bolsters that idea. He's a man who right. would die for his oh, honor. Oh, you're right. That's really good. Oh, man. And I like that. Uh, Cargon's like, torpedoes ready. And when we're 40,000 kilometers from the Enterprise, fire. Yeah, he gives them some information, and, and he's like, "Why?" I think Clag is like, "Why 40,000? And he's like, "Their shields are weaker. Response time, blah blah blah. Filling too much air with filling phasers. Too much balloons <laughs> with phasers." Yeah, but Clag yeah. is like, uh, even against his own ship, Riker is honoring his promise. Yeah, and Riker's yeah. like, "You know, I'm still, I still question your judgment, Cargon, but I do have this EpiPen that I need to use real quick." <laughs> Cargon's like, what is that, a weapon? Is that a, a Chekhov's EpiPen? He's like, no, 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 here, you can hold it. Because Riker's fucking ten chest, 3D chest steps ahead at this point. Dude, he fucking plays it so well. Yeah. He's like, nah, it's... What does he say in it? I don't, he's like, it's a... He's like, he's like, no, nah, it's not a weapon. He doesn't say anything about what it is. He's like, no, nah, it's not a weapon. He's like, yeah, give he's it to like, me. Like, give it to me. Yeah. It's my turn. <laughs> I get to play. I'm Luigi. Uh, but um, Picard, Worf detects the transponder symbol signal since he's the one who gave it to him and uh, tells yeah. Picard about it. Picard tells O'Brien. O'Brien locks onto the signal and beams Riker out, quote unquote. Right. And they're like, we're going to do it when we're within 40,000 kilometers. Because... Yep. That's so, what the other guy said earlier in the episode. So it's it's fucking <laughs> tense as shit now. That's how far you have to be for that. I Car guess. Cargon's I like knows. ready, 
aim, and then he gets fucking dematerialized and appears back on the bridge. <laughs> he's on the Enterprise bridge, and he's all turned around. He, he like turns around, <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe you do this to me, traitors! He's like, bamboozle that guy! He pulls out his fucking PP7 disruptor. <laughs> And uh, Worf stuns him real quick because for some reason, like if anyone is in Worf a phaser, had a phaser. battle, Worf yeah. is like a hundred times faster than they are. Dude, he's a cowboy. He got to be that True. cowboy. He learned how to quick draw. <laughs> yeah. Data runs over and takes the gun again. Doesn't say shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clag is like, you've 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 killed the captain or whatever because he doesn't see the beam out. He just turns around and he's gone. Yeah, I, I guess he thinks he vaporized him. I guess. And Riker's like, I'm the I'm the captain now. I'm the captain. He's like, look at me. I'm the captain. Now. <laughs> and he's like, uh, decloak and hail the Enterprise, and they all just sit and stare at him. And he's like, I'm the yeah. captain. I won it by right of battle. Now do what I say. Right, and they do it because he fucking tossed around the biggest guy on the ship earlier. So, yeah, (laughs) and he just murdered the captain. So, (laughs) and I do love that he's like, uh, "This is Captain Riker of the IKS Pach." Yeah, I demand that you uh, put your shields down and surrender. (laughs) And Picard just smiles and orders them to do it. What? What a fucking genius political move! Absolutely, right? Like. He won. He 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 saves face for the Klingons by yeah. saying that, right? Like, like the Klingons so, won. He understands Klingon. Yeah, they won. Yeah, because they the the Enterprise surrenders, yeah. quote unquote. It's it's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. Not only that, like from the Klingon point of view, they're yeah. the ones who defuse the situation. And right. stopped an oncoming get, battle by telling by like right. figuring out what was wrong and everything. They're the ones in the right of history now. Right. And 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 right. And they've done it all honorably. Absolutely. Right? With using their code and shit. And, so Yeah, um, man. O'Brien beams Cargon back to the pog and we, we hear that he was very angry. Yeah. Cargon uh, <laughs> returns and he's like uh, Riker gives him his command back. And I love this part. I love this part like, so much. This is a situation where Cargon could lose his... He's, like, lost his honor a little bit, right? Because he was defeated, yeah, he, outsmarted. Yeah. And had his command taken from him. So Riker knows. He has to give him his honor back, so right? So he tells Riker to return to his station. Riker growls at him. So Cargon yeah. punches him in the fucking face and sends him flying. Probably, like, shatters his fucking orbital Absolutely. lobe. Right? <laughs> like, because a Klingon punching you in the fucking face would be like a cinder block punching you he, in the face. He flies across a fucking the gorilla from the punch. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Cargon has regained his honor by doing yep. that. And he's like, get him it's, off my ship. Get him and off Clag my ship. And knows what's yeah. happening. He fully knows what's happening. He's like, you know, Riker, you may mo- know more about Klingons than I thought. Yeah, it's so good, dude. Ah, oh, it's so good. The Enterprise finishes repairing the hole in the pock. Riker comes back, and uh, Picard sends him to sick bay. And Riker says some old timey, good, not racism, racist thing when he says, <laughs> "You come from a very brave and unique people, Worf." 
You're one of the good ones. I sure hope one of the writers of one of these episodes has our women being captured by you and turned into sex slaves. Jesus. The, uh... This exchange reminded me very much of the Justice League episode where they went back in time and teamed up with like the Justice Society. And that yeah. like Tom Turbo guy is working with Green Lantern and he says yeah. he says you're a credit to your race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Green Lantern's like, yeah. "Uh, thanks. Thanks." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I like when uh Picard's like, uh, evidently you didn't learn how to know when to duck, and he says, oh, or yeah, not or when to, to not duck. duck. Yeah, it's such a good episode. Yeah, if he would have ducked, it would have been it. That would have been it, right? Um, I think we'll talk about the specifics of how we feel about this episode and give it uh, a nice score on the Cochrane to Catfish scale of quality after these messages. <laughs> Slam them, and they really talk. Right. They talk. Whatever. Silly slammers, yo, you gotta get to know them. Yo, Frisco. Bummer. Yo, Shaggy. They're cool to collect, because their numbers keep them growing. Yo, There's only one original. Silly But right now, Silly Slammers, toys that make noise from Gibson. Welcome back, everybody. It is time once again to head on over to this giant cartoon chart we have <laughs> on the wall here. It's our patented yeah. warp scale of quality, the Cochrane to Catfish scale of quality. One being Seth from Cochrane, which is bad, and ten being turned into a catfish, which is good. <laughs> the scale is broken. I don't know if anyone's noticed that yet. (laughs) Well, it doesn't make sense any other way. Um, One can't be the best. That's stupid. But Nelly said, I I am number one. uh, uh, No no matter if you like it, critique it, sit down and write it. Damn, Nelly. We're fucking quoting philosopher Nelly. The greatest philosopher of our time. Band-aid under one eye, Nelly. Dude, from the dirty south? Uh, if Safe lunatics? If you ever see him without the band-aid, that is not noted scholar and poet <laughs> Nelly. He was replaced by government op. Ah, oh, fuck. I believe all this. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it for one minute. <laughs> what did you think about this episode, Josh? Man, this is one of my favorite ones. I love this episode. Uh, I I feel like I'm going to give it, like, an inflated score because, like, I love it so much. I can't give it a 10. I'll give it a 9, though. I love this episode. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair score. Yeah. Um, For a TNG episode, even for a TNG episode, this is a great episode. Yeah. Um, Which is great because it's... That's heavily weighted scale, right? You know, I, I see a lot of podcast reviews for other podcasts, uh-huh. and they're all talking about like how great it is that the two hosts don't agree on everything, and that they right. like have debate about the things that they love amongst each other, like friendly debate. 
and it's good to have different perspectives. Uh-huh. Well, I guess you don't get that shit on this podcast because I'm also giving it a nine. It's a well, really we great have, episode. We have the same space father, and apparently, <laughs> we're like the same fucking guy. I don't know, man. We're, we're both failed Picard clones in my heart. <laughs> That's why we're, we both ended up bald. That's gonna say that's why we're bald. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grow up on Reman though. No. Thank God. Oh, God, that would have sucked. They fired the tubes that had us in them out of the space. <laughs> we landed on fucking uh, Satellite M. We were raised by the Satellite M AI. God damn, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> we were created at the same time in the same lab, but Josh arrived on Earth before I did. I'm like, like Boba Fett. You're like Omega. Oh no! <laughs> Have you? Did I spoil the show for you? I think you've spoiled something for me, but I'm too dumb to realize what it is. So I think we're fine. <laughs> that works. Yeah, man, this is a great episode. I love this episode. I think this is a supremely underrated episode for what it is and when it is in the series. It's a season. Yeah. Like for all those people who tell everybody, oh, you know, skip season one and season two, just start at season three. I never say skip season two because there no. are some really good episodes. I, I'm a big fan of um, doing some of the best episodes first, like picking some episodes that give you context first. Right. Like, do um, like. Uh, encounter at far point that sort of introduces you to these characters yeah and then maybe a couple other episodes and then you just do some of the best ones before you go back and just watch the whole series that's the I way say, i would say to do it i just say fucking knuckle up quit being a whiner and just watch <laughs> all of them i think that's a recipe to make somebody garrett wang and not end up liking star trek <laughs> I wouldn't want anyone to Garrett Wang themselves. I think it's important to point out that I'm not just hating on Garrett Wang. I, yeah. I think everybody knows at this point, but he, when he was going to audition for Star Trek, he kept trying to watch Star Trek, but every time he would turn it on, it would be TNG Season 1 Code of Honor, the yeah. most racist episode of Star Trek in history. Which is fucking wild to even think about that he had to watch it on television. Yeah, he had to watch it on television, and it was on three separate occasions. Like, they didn't even give him, like, a tape with no. some episodes. They were just like, go watch it on TV. It yeah. It's on TBS reruns. Go watch it. What kind it. of shit-ass fucking company is Paramount running over there, That's man? a good question. That's a goddamn question. Uh, I am insanely worried about the audio of this episode, Josh. Um, why? You know why. Is it only recording on one track? No, it's recording on both tracks. But like, there's just a blank track above where I'm recording that I'm just staring at while I'm talking. Did you test it? I didn't. That's another. That's what I'm thinking about. I can see the audio <laughs> in the other track, so I guess we'll... Okay, that's fine then. We'll fucking find out. There might just be a big empty spot in the middle of this episode for everybody. Because <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about during that period. Me neither. <laughs> what I should do is you give me your audio track, right? Like, if mine's blanked out, you give me yours, and I try to just figure out what I was saying. Nah, that'd be so weird. <laughs> that'd be so fucking weird. 
That would literally be the worst episode of M Class. It ever. would be. It would be, dude. You can just put in like a Microsoft Sam voice or something. That would be hilarious. That would be funny. Um, unlistenable, but it would be Un- funny yeah. for a few minutes. The um, <laughs> this episode does an incredible job of like humanizing the Klingons in a way that like Worf has been doing for the whole series. Yeah, and. But in the similar way, like Josh mentioned with uh, Undiscovered Country did, where we find out that Klingons and humans are pretty fucking similar, actually. Yeah. I, lo- I don't know. This does a lot for, like, showing that Klingons in this time period in the canon are still Klingons. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not, like, going out and fighting Starfleet, they also have other shit that they're doing, you know? Uh, and, and they're still curious. You just made me think about that. Like, what are they doing out there? Well, they talk about the Romulans, right? Um, they're always fighting the Romulans. That's true. Which, like, they're always at open war with the Romulans. Which, like, whatever. Fuck the Romulans. Uh, we're, we gotta learn how to not be spacist in this episode. I mean, in this that's series why we're episodes. doing this. That's why. I don't want Rich to going. show up and be like, you've learned nothing. Oh shit! I don't want him to be right. I know <laughs> he'll be double better than us. Then. Oh no! <laughs> My ego cannot handle Smarter that. Smarter and right? Oh god! And hotter? Oh god, he's triple. It's fucking true. Him. Also, he has hair. What the oh, fuck? Fuck! Just keep keep digging us that hole, Jeff. It's true. It's true. It's all true. <laughs> No, uh, thanks for the suggestion for the collection, Rich. We appreciate the hell out of that. Yeah, you hot hair bitch. Oh no, that's a bad sentence. I didn't like. He's hot hair, hot hair. <laughs> no, but I think um, we can sort of lose sight because the Klingons can be a caricature just yeah. as easy as they can be real characters. But, yeah, we haven't had a show yet. Like, Deep Space Nine isn't out yet, so we're not really getting into, like, deep Klingon shit so far. I think and this t- is... If I had to pick a series that gets, like, deepest into Klingon shit and, like, yeah. humanizes them the most, I would say TNG. Yeah. Uh, deep Space but later, Nine, I think. Deep Space Nine... Yeah, later, for sure. Um, deep Space Nine continues that, for sure, but it right. had so much on its plate with, like, the... Uh, Gamma Quadrant and everything, and especially Bajorans. Yeah. Because Deep Space Nine is, if anything, a show about showing us the Bajorans as a people. Yeah, we always wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah. My, I think if you listen to earlier episodes while I was watching Deep Space Nine again, yeah, um, my opinion of Bajorans was quite low. Again, we have to learn to be more accepting. True. Well, the thing about Bajorans that drives drove me nuts at the time, maybe not so much anymore, is that they're like the citizens of of like Marvel Comics New York, yeah, where they just become a hateful mob so unbelievably easily. <laughs> yeah, they they're not like pleasant to be around oh, <laughs> at no. the beginning. Yeah, is this spacist? I think so. Maybe, but but it's for a good reason, right? I mean, they're traumatized. Like, yeah, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but I mean, yeah. Besides Kira, we get a lot of negative representation of yeah the whole species. 
well, f- you know, from like a Star Trek point of view, like a f- like it's not like a a fun first contact, right? It's like Starfleet is there to like help them like rebuild their society, and it's it, true. that's that's not always like super fun to watch, right? Yo, like, if I was a Bajoran, I would not trust Starfleet for fucking shit. Because <laughs> they didn't admit. help you, huh? Because they didn't help you. Yeah, because we were uh, yeah. Under we, I'm a Bajoran now. You're a Bajoran, I know. Like the Bajorans were subjugated by right. another race for like 30 years, 50 years, fucking like a long time. And yeah. Starfleet during that entire time could have intervened and helped. Well, they were fighting them. The Card- they did go to war with Cardassia. Yeah, but right? they they signed the peace treaties and everything that didn't do anything. Well, that's why they the couldn't Bajorans. go. That's why they couldn't, right? I mean, it's like super political. Yeah, and, and that it, like as a Bajoran, I'd I'd like a hundred percent just be like, "Fuck Starfleet." Well, I think Fuck a lot of them Federation. are. I think a lot of them feel that way, right? Yeah. Like, like if you look at it from that point of view, I understand exactly the way they're acting. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know me. Every time I go into anything Star Trek related, I'm like, "Us Starfleet." <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's hard to. It's it's uh, it would be very difficult to be in Starfleet. It would be really hard. Oh, Most yeah. people couldn't do it. Absolutely, especially <laughs> me. You could do it. Go outside. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Go outside in space. Ugh, that's even farther. Well, we're always in space, Josh. <laughs> Fucking oh my god! Shut up, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> we're technically always in space. <laughs> now you're speaking my crazy language. Um. We're talking about Deep Space Nine. That's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the Klingons, Klingons. and how um, the Klingon, especially in Deep Space Nine, become like one of my favorite species because of the way they're developed in TNG. But like, I think Deep Space Nine is when it's really cemented because that's when we meet Martok, my absolute I was favorite say, Klingon. You get Martok and. You get Galron, more of Galron, right? Which, yeah. like, they clearly knew, like, Galron and the guy who plays him are great. <laughs> and they were love like, we guy. need this dude. Um, um, like, I love Martok, but, like, my favorite thing about TNG is that um, it doesn't do the thing that a lot of sci-fi would do when it was trying to, like, clean up the image of a character or a species and make it so everything they do is positive and good. They overcompensate, yeah. Yeah, they don't do that at all. Like, they're still Klingon villains, like the Duras yeah. sisters. Oh, Who I yeah. love. I fucking love Larsa and Bator. Yeah. And Too bad they're dead. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> Those titties are dead, unfortunately. That's horribly unfortunate to me. The universe is a much worse off place. True. No titty window anymore? Where's that titty window? Oh, it's fucking exploded over fucking, like, I don't know, whatever that planet was. It's, uh... Viridian 3, or whatever it was. Green 3. (laughs) The, uh... The Klingons are still, like, divided, even, like, a hundred years later, or whatever, over the partnership with the Federation. Yeah. And I find that really interesting because it's like this warrior race that used to be conquerors. Yeah. That have to like, there are so many of them that find like honor in battle that are like 
perfectly fine with being like, oh, we'll, we'll join up with the Federation and we'll battle for them. We'll battle alongside them. And then there right. are those people that are like, why no conquer? It's a it's a slow burn, right? Like one of my favorite things about like the extended Star Trek universe lore is like eventually like I, it's canon because like it's in Enterprise when when uh, um, what's his name takes Archer to the future onto Enterprise J and there's like some Klingon parts to the Enterprise. Yeah, and he's like. And he's like, oh, it's like all these different races like have come together. He's kind of explaining the Federation, and the Klingons are in it. But it's like every now and then, like you said, like there's that resurgence of like they're like a petulant child. Like they don't, that's really racist. Oh but, yeah, like, that's they don't they don't want to like admit that things have changed, right? Yeah. And, well, there are they, always those people who push back against it. I mean, yeah. like that's one of my favorite lines and. Undiscovered Country, where, like, uh, I don't remember the exact line, but it's when Kirk realizes that he's the old man who's pushing back yeah. against progress. Yeah. And maybe he shouldn't be at the forefront anymore. Yeah, it's time, his time is over, right? It's really sad, and, uh, but it's great. It's, I don't know, like, the Klingons are so fascinating because they're like Starfleet's, like, like, Vegeta, right? Like, sure, yeah. That's a good eventually way to Vegeta it. is like good, but then he's not again. At some no. point, you know what I mean? Well, he's like, still the same guy. Is yeah. the thing just because yeah. like some things have changed for him? Like, and there is a petulance to it too. Like, I'm this, I'm the conqueror race. Like, I have he's, to be a yeah. conqueror. Yeah. Yep. That's in our blood, right? Yeah. And and, and but then it's eventually like even the Romulans join the Federation on a long enough timeline. Yeah, well, they don't really have a choice because yeah, like, they well. fuck themselves. <laughs> That's the same thing that happened with the Klingons. So, yep. The, if you fuck it's yourself over hard enough, you have to join the Federation. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> um, that's something that I think gets overlooked a lot, and I see discussion all the time. Like, people are like, "What do Vulcan ships look like? What do Tellarite? Oh, no what do Tellarite ships look like? What do?" Um, uh, Andorian ships look like mm-hmm. uh, they look like the fucking ships you see the Federation isn't humans like these ships aren't what human ships look like yeah like even the original like NX7 uh, whatever the fuck the NX01 ori- yeah the original NX01 the like uh, original Enterprise is made using Vulcan technology yeah eventually they like I love like the retro. I wish we would have gotten the retrofit of the of the NX01. Yeah, oh, it looks so. It does cool. look really fucking cool. But that, that's the like, thing is like our ships. If you look at human ships from before, like we started using the Vulcan technology and they started like hand holding us into space. Yeah, they're a circle on the front of a rocket. Right. Like that's what a human ship looks like. The Enterprise right. is not a human ship. It is no. made up of human technology, Vulcan technology, Tellarites, Andorians, and uh, the other races of the Federation have put yeah. shit into I it would as well. Sa- I would say, like, um, the design of the ship is maybe more human because, like, we just, like, are, like, Starfleet is located in the solar system, right? Like, the soul system. I, I and, wouldn't like, say so, because, like, like again, when humans were making ships by themselves using only human technology, it yeah. didn't look like that. 
Yeah, I guess I guess it's like some, a semantic thing that I'm saying. Like, what? When did it's it's like interesting what, when you yeah. were talking about? I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm a dickhead. No, no, go ahead, like go ahead. when you were talking about like the circle on the Vulcan ship. Yeah, the nacelles of a ship are like basically the outer rings of a circle. Right, and it's it was just disconnected at some point for like better space travel. Yeah, they. I think they just like. The ring, the warp field it makes doesn't need to have a nacelle that's a circle, right? Yeah. So they were just like, put two of them. It always has to be even, right? Well, except the one that has three or the one that has one for some reason. Yeah. I don't like yeah. those. Dude, that one with the one? Ugh. I hate that one. Ugh. It looks like it should be skiing. I it's hate so it. D- it's so dumb. Ugh. It looks like a ski with a, a ship on top of it. I hate it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's stupid. What were you saying? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, I don't. Oh, I was just saying it was uh, uh, like when when does human uh, design become just human design, right? Like when's the what you're saying is correct is what I'm trying to say. Like we take things from other cultures and make it uh, our own, but it's also theirs. It, it, what's the difference, right? Like I guess is what I'm saying. True. If that makes sense. I, I was just talking about the people who were like, how come we never see in like modern ships for these races or whatever? And like, you do. Yeah, also like the, the Vulcan defense fleet is still like that old style-y, circle-y ships. Yeah. The Andorians still have some of that I f- stuff. I feel like that, in a way, is like similar to the Klingons. Like, the fact that the Vulcans keep their, def- their like, scientific vessels to look like the old Defense Force yeah. vessels. Yeah. That maybe there's, like, a stubbornness there to let go of the individualism of well, I Vulcans. Think, I think it would be the same thing as, as going into one of their museums and being like, why don't you paint, like, humans paint? You know, like... Or like, get, like paint like Starfleet paints. Like I think it's just the way that they design it. That it, it's part of their culture, right? Even their ships are a part of their culture, so Starfleet wouldn't take that away. Oh yeah, from they, them. there's definitely no pushback against that. They can do yeah. that as much as they want. Also, was, they're a founding member. Like you get special yeah. fucking. You get the key to the fucking like soda room if you're a founding oh member. Oh my god! I'm glad we're humans. <laughs> the uh, first time everyone's ever said that. True. Man, I've been saying true a lot. I got a new catchphrase. True, bestie. You're going to pull the string on my figures back and it's going to say, so true, bestie. I have a Babu Frick toy that says Babu Frick stuff and that's like you. Yeah. <laughs> There's one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about... Oh, like I was watching um, Iron Chef as I do. The Japanese Iron Chef. The old one? Yeah, it's on Pluto. They just play it all day. Fuck, I love that show. And uh, Iron Chef Roksaburo Michiba. Michiba, was yeah. Like standing in the background while Morimoto was doing a battle against the guy. And he's wearing like a full, like, uh, like full Japanese, like, Japanese samurai outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And I was thinking about, like, how Japan, like, keeps their heritage alive that way like people yeah. wear kimonos and stuff today yeah. even though it's like a fairly ancient style of dress yeah and a i was lot thinking of that- like it would be very much as if like during a cooking competition on the american uh 
Iron Chef if like an English chef was standing in the background wearing like a hauberk and like <laughs> leather gloves and breeches. I was thinking like a fucking like like a knight outfit. Yeah, and that would be so fucking cool. Like, why don't yeah. they do that? Why aren't, yeah, why aren't we, we don't... dressed as fucking like cowboys and shit? Like standing less... in the background. We're less traditional. I guess uh, it's yeah. like if you go south, like in Texas and shit, people dress like cowboys all the time. Yeah, they still do. Yeah. So it's pretty similar, actually. I think a lot of it too had to do with like their society like almost collapsing and shit. Yeah. Right? Like well, we've like been that, there, done that we, several times. Yeah, well, now. we caused it. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing about Japan too. as well as like other like people from other Asian countries will tell you that Japan is like the. America of the Asian world. Yeah, because we were there for a long time afterward. Well, I mean, even before that, because they were an imperial power who did, like, a ton of American imperialist They were very Western, yeah. Yeah. They were very Western. Um, Which is part of the, the... Again, I think part of the reason why they now can look back and celebrate some of that samurai shit is because when the... the... the Miyagi period, right? That's the period where they, like... uh, Got rid of all the swords and shit. I think so. I don't remember like, the specific period. Yeah, I um, think that's what it was. Anyway, that that like now they can look back and be like, well, that was dumb. Like, why didn't we just like still have swords but not use them? <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. Like, why uh, did we make the samurai give up their swords? Because we, we were give... fuckholes. Yeah, there's dude. There's fucking like like legends of like some of these fucking like swords that GIs like took home and nobody knows where they are and shit like oh man it's crazy oh yeah that's true i mean there's this photo right of this um native american chief's house yeah and it's just like a black and white photo of his house and it's got like the normal kind of stuff you would see in a house in that period and stuff except there is a uh katana hanging on the wall was he in the war and he and took it? No, I mean, this is before World War II. Oh. And people were, wow. like, scrambling, like, how in the fuck? Like, where did he get this? How did this happen? Yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> if you want a great samurai film, watch 1984's Ghost Warrior. Yeah. Where uh, Hiroshi Fujioka, who played Kamen Rider, plays a samurai... <laughs> who um, wakes up in the 1980s. Awesome. And he goes on a a killing rampage, except he falls in love with some white lady. Is he a Highlander? And, uh, nah, he just falls... He, like, Rip Van Winkles it, I guess. I haven't seen this movie in ages, and it was not dubbed, so... We should watch it after we watch The Mummy at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But he, uh, he falls in love with some lady... And because it's 1984, they never kiss. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yo, in fucking 1995 or 1996 or something, like in Romeo Must Die, they yeah. cut out them kissing. They cut it. What the fuck was going on with shit, man? It was pure racism. It's fucking fucked up. Audiences man. don't want to see an Asian man and a black woman kiss. Then why did you make a romance movie about them? Yeah, it's like that line, right? Like uh, Gambino line, where it's why Will Smith's always dating Hispanic girls, right? In I, movies, I don't know that line. Yeah, because it's like he's black and he can't date a white woman. Yeah, that would be crazy. Fun. It's like uh, 
I, I'm still to this day, like, I'm not, if anybody knows me, I'm, I'm probably anti-shipper as a person. I find shipping to be quite annoying for the most part. For the most part, yeah. But, like, I if that. I go to watch a romance movie... Yeah, then and they there's don't gotta be romance in it? Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a romance movie, then. They're just friends at that point. Yeah. Which is fine, but yeah. don't make a romance movie. It's called Romeo Must Die. <laughs> yeah. It's not called My Friend Jet Li Must Die. <laughs> it's not called Tybalt Must Die. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, which devil. is true <laughs> in order for the story to progress um, no but um, Klingons are great anyway uh, yep we got off topic there uh, I'd like to give a big thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song cop some of that Vitizen music hell yeah it's amazing. Vitizen told me he's going to help me learn how to play bass, so he is the greatest human. I heard that you're already as good as Thundercat. Um, I'm as good as Thundercat at being in Star Wars. <laughs> Wait. Because I'm in Star Wars. You are? Yeah. I believe it for a minute. For one minute. <laughs> Uh, oh shit! Special thank you goes out to all of our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/MClassPodcast, and you should join up today because for as little as a dollar, you get access to behind-the-scenes post wallpaper art of every piece of art for every episode, and more. And for a little bit more money, you get access to a ton of extra content, including Jeff and Josh shoot the shit, a podcast about what the fuck ever. You get access. To Jeff and Josh talk over movies, uh, commentary track series that we're gonna do the Mummy for soon. I promise. I we'll, promise. It's a great movie. It'll definitely be out in June because June is an important month for us here at yes. M Class Podcast. June is uh, Pride Month, and since we are big fans of LGBTQ plus folks, and we want mm -hmm. to finally reach that utopian future Star Trek promised us, we're Everyone is treated equally, and everyone has all rights. Uh, we are big supporters of the Trevor Project. Yeah. This year, we're going to be doing our Trevor Project uh, Trek Boy Pre Pledge... Trek Boy Pride Pledge Drive, yet again. Flows off the tongue. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's great. It works perfectly. <laughs> This is where, um, at the beginning of the month, we take a tally of how much money we're making on the Patreon, and uh, we'll make that public for the month, because we yep. usually keep it a little quieter, because we want more of your money. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll make that public, and yep. from that point on, every dollar we make more than that for the month, we are going to donate directly to the Trevor Project. Yeah, so it's up to you to help us break last year, which I think we donated. I don't know. Should we tell them? I guess we did tell them already. Yeah, I donated three hundred dollars. Yeah, and Josh uh, donated three hundred and one dollars because yeah, he's better. So I than won. Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, totally not the spirit of donating no, money, but it was hilarious. <laughs> this time around, we're going to be donating under the name M Class Podcast. Yeah, so it's it'll all be coming all directly yeah. from our patron. A Patreon. Um, 
Uh, if you don't know about the Trevor Project, it is a uh, hotline for LGBTQ plus teenagers to call in that will help them out with uh, therapy. With um, especially, it's an uh, it's a suicide hotline for uh, suicide yeah. prevention, but it also um, helps LGBTQ teens out with resources and uh, the means to live long, healthy, happy lives. And we're big proponents of that here at M Class. Because, again, the utopian future of Star Trek can't happen without all of you folks. Yep. Uh, so consider donating to the M-Class Podcast Patreon at uh, www.patreon.com slash mclasspodcast during the month of June. At the end of June, we will tally up everything we've gotten and do a big old donation. And, uh, and then we'll throw a party. If you want to bypass that, we'll probably have a link set up on the um, Twitter, probably on the Discord as well, where you can just go and donate in honor of M-Class Podcasts. Yeah. So if you want to skip the middleman, you can just go ahead and do that as well. Yeah. And um, hopefully we can beat our total last year, which um, was, I think... uh, 800 and some dollars it was something like that yeah and then you and i both donated 300 and 301 respectively yeah so it was like uh, 1600 dollars. yeah i don't think we'll reach that but if we can beat 800 i would be really excited about that I'm, i think we can I'm i am confident. being a bit of a debbie downer here I'll be the not Debbie Downer. We're fucked if I'm the not Debbie Downer. That's true. But I I think you're right. I think we can do it. If we set a goal, our first goal is over $800. Yeah. And our second main goal for the world, for the betterment of mankind, is over $1,600. Over (laughs) $1,601. $1,601 to prove we're better than the next person. Oh, fuck. Um, And if you want to keep updated about the Trek Boy Pride Pledge Drive, see, it comes right off the tongue. (laughs) You can follow us over on Twitter, at MClassPodcast. You can um, find us on the interwebs at www.mclasspodcast.com, which comes with a handy-dandy list of every episode we've ever watched and links to the episodes talking about them. And merch and other stuff if you're interested in that. Um, what else could they do to help us out out there, Josh? Hey, go on to iTunes or Spotify and rate and review the show. It helps us out a lot. That's it. I don't think we have any new reviews. Actually. No, I don't either. I think I checked Give yesterday. us some new reviews. We'll read them. It'll be great. We'll read them on the show. Yeah. Uh, I'd also like to invite everybody to become part of our secondary program, M-Class Email, by shooting us a missive about anything Star Trek related or not. I don't give a shit. Send us a raven about whatever. <laughs> uh, shoot us over a subspace transmission at mclassemail at gmail.com. Singular. Never had an S on it. Don't look it up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, if you'd really like to help the show out, head on over to the dollar bin at your local Target. Pick up Bronk on <laughs> DVD for your whole family. It's Bronk Summer, boys. Get Bronk. It's Hot Bronk Summer. Hot Bronx. <laughs> Where are you from? The Bronx? I'm a big fan of Bronk over here. 
I like beef and bronc for dinner. <laughs> it does sound like that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to M-Class Podcast. And we will be back in one week with more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm mentally ill. Trick with your ball.